new sponsor, new sponsor alert. Guys, I got to tell you about our new sponsor, T-Fury. It's the original pop culture t-shirt destination selling unique designs every day since 2008. I can barely remember that far back. I'm going to have to take their word on that. You can snag their shirts for only 24 hours starting at midnight. Man, I'm talking fast right now. Missing a shirt from the past and want to get it again? Head to the T-Fury gallery where you can buy some old designs still in print and vote on others to come back from the dead. Zombie style. Every two to four weeks, T-Fury adds more designs to their gallery, so be sure to keep an eye out for the return of your favorite shirts. T-Fury shirts cover all your favorite topics and fandoms. Nerds, I am talking to you. They've got everything from gaming, sci-fi, anime, TV, movies, pop culture, and more. I can't imagine what the more is. I feel like they covered everything just then. Their t-shirts change daily, so check back as often as you'd like. Also, don't forget about the T-Fury after-hour sale. If you miss the day's shirt by only a little, they keep the sale going into the wee hours of the morning just for you. I can only imagine that means thousands upon thousands of t-shirt employees waiting for you to place an order. Please make their night. It sounds super depressing waiting up alone when a sale's going on. This December, T-Fury has some awesome shirts that'll make great gifts for the pop culture enthusiast in your life. Uh, If you're like me, that basically means that every website I go on to thinking I'm looking for gifts for other people, I just end up buying stuff for myself. Uh, Check out T-Fury.com. See what today's shirt is all about. T-Fury, here comes their slogan. I'm going to turn it into a song. Wear your art on your sleeve, on your sleeve. Hey guys, welcome to episode 91 of the JV Club with my guest, Annie Lapin. What a joy. What a pleasure and a joy. She's a very, very talented, marvelous artist, uh, has enjoyed uh, much success in the LA art world and in the international art world. What I found out uh, on the podcast is that she does some lecturing as well. Did I talk about it on the podcast or before the podcast? Either way, um, I'm delighted to hear that she's also spreading the good word about uh, fine art in colleges across the country. I don't know why this has become a commercial for her fine art, but uh, what an awesome guest and friend. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. I want to get some shout outs in there. I want to thank Megan, Stephen McPee, Melissa, uh, and Harvey, and Jordan M for your emails. Harvey, I look forward to our Skype session. Thanks for supporting Gabe and Edda's movie. Uh, can't wait to Skype meet you. Um, Faith and Nicole, Mark, and Laodon and Alec and Scott B and PJ on Danielle Koenig's Nerdist page. Thank you so much for weighing in, Mark. Um, the uh, ringtone that I use is um, Scythian Empires by Andrew Bird, the part where where he whistles in the sort of post-chorus. Or maybe that's actually the whistle chorus. Do most songs have a separate whistle chorus? Um so guys, I hope you have a great holiday week. I am taking that uh, the week off as most of the Nerdist podcasts are. Uh, I look forward to catching you on the other side. Uh, I hope you have great holidays, whatever that means to you. And um, I'll talk to you soon. Now entering Nerdist.com. nothing there's no there's no plan after that point yeah there's no plan after the point of me wanting to jingle some bells um guys i welcome you to this christmas edition of the jv club podcast it's really not uh it's really not and uh, for those of you who don't celebrate christmas i want to make sure you feel welcomed in because it is not a christmas podcast what if i just did a podcast that was only themed on christmas like 24 seven year round. Oh, that's a man. long podcast, but yeah. yeah. But if it like, if my goal was to only talk about Christmas, 
every month of the year on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, there's a store that's like the Christmas store. Exactly. That's open all the time. That would be like the equivalent. Might, there might be a Christmas podcast. There probably is. It's probably really angry that Christmas yeah. isn't like more perfectly celebrated. Which I don't know what bothers me more, the idea of it being a really angry podcast or the idea of it being like a really positive Christmas podcast where they just positively need to talk about Christmas yeah. 12 months out of the year. We should find it after this. I'm sure there yeah, is. Yeah, we'll look at, We'll see if there's something <laughs> floating around out there. But, you know, I am feeling... Uh, I don't ever do... <laughs> this is literally... The first time in ever doing the podcast, and it has been a full calendar year, certainly, and then some, that I have even thought to myself, I should do something holiday themed. But I, I but I, but because I think, because it's night, and I turn the Christmas lights on and stuff. It looks very Christmassy in here. And it looks Christmassy in here. And the last time I saw you was when you came over for yeah, a Christmas the party. The only Christmas party I, I will be at all year. That makes me feel pretty special. It's really nice. Um, I think I just had that in my mind. Like, oh, man, I should acknowledge the holidays in some way, even if it's not Christmas, even if it's just like the winter solstice. Um, so that was what I did with those bells. Yeah. Look, let's keep them going. Let's just keep them around. Did the whole, just every, every part of the conversation. Let's, Listen, uh, when did you can, lose your virginity? We can, Weird. Accent, we can accentuate some certain, certain scenes. <laughs> All right. That, then I'll put them spells. in the middle because okay. if you feel like okay. you need to use them tambourine style as if we're okay. doing so sort of let's like. punctuate. Yeah. Okay. As, as if it were a, uh, like, like a beat poetry yeah. situation in the 60s yeah. in Paris. Yeah. With Christmas theme. Right? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, Well, again, after a very long intro of me yakking about the holidays and the fact that this isn't a holiday-themed podcast, I still am hoping we get some holiday stories in here. Um, Andy is a a dear friend uh, whom I have known for uh, probably three years now. Yeah. And um, it's one of those situations where because of the salon group, which I have talked about on the podcast before, uh, I see you more than I see like people I've known my whole life. Yeah, I which feel is kind so of cool. grateful for the fact that you make it happen every month. And it's something oh, I look man. forward to all the time. I'm really grateful. I do too. I really, really need that salon, turns out. Um, so uh, so welcome, and I'm so glad to have you. We've been talking about doing this for a while. Um, I think that, I mean, are you the first like sort of fine artist that I've had that just does fine art opposed to like maybe somebody who does a little here and there, but is also a performer or am I the first non performer? No, you're not. I've definitely had plenty of writers who just write. I want plenty. But but writers are always like kind of funny and like good at talking. Secretly. They're still performers. Yeah. Hilda from mortified is just, is an editor. She was never a performer that I know of my friend, uh, Christina Jasberg from Tucson, uh, is definitely not a performer per se, although she's very funny and uh, charming and performery. Okay. Well, I'm the least funny. Um, How about that? Oh, good. <laughs> what a relief. Let's get that out of the way. Okay. I need not a, funny. I'm looking for a very unfunny, unentertaining podcast episode. Yeah. yeah. Myself, my, if I have humor, it's all because I'm self-deprecating. And like, I'm really trying to stop being self-deprecating. So it's like, I don't even, ha- I don't know what, how to be funny. You don't know who you're going to, your comedy identity is going to become? Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. It's really, it sucks. But you think, but this is the thing. <laughs> there I go. Self-deprecating. <laughs> I can't get rid of it. No, you're brutalizing yourself for brutalizing yourself. <laughs> yeah. That's a good uh, circle to get it to. No, but um, I, it's funny because you're so funny and you make me laugh. And like the high, some of the highlights of that party <laughs> were I you. Don't even try. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not. I'm just like I don't know. Like some of the things they were, that I was apparently doing, I was very unaware. <laughs> oh, so charming. That's the best kind. That's the best kind. I'm just. A, I'm just not self-aware. Is really in in certain moments, I guess. I, nor need you be. <laughs> Nor need you be. Listen, this is a city full of very self-aware people. And mm-hmm. I was thinking about that when I was like getting ready, getting the computer set up and getting the microphone set up. I was like, I wonder how often Annie is ho- like holds a stick microphone and talks yeah. into it. And so many people that I have on the podcast are like, oh yeah, this is, I'm totally comfortable with this. Yeah. Like I do this for my job. I've never held one of these, but I have given a lot of lectures. Like I've given a lot of like art lectures about my work. So right. okay, I'll be honest. I have done some public speaking. Well, there you bit. go. What do you, what do people ask you to talk about? This is, well, this is going to be a podcast where I reveal my lack of understanding about nobody the fine knows, art world. Nobody knows anything <laughs> about it. It doesn't, it's not like, it's a very rarefied, weird world, but it's fun. What do people ask you to talk about when they ask you to speak? Um, when I give a lecture, it's typically like, um, you know, most art lectures are about the trajectory of an artist's work. So, you know, you basically kind of, it depends on how long you've been practicing. I mean, I tend to start from like, you know, when I was making art, when I kind of first decided it was something I wanted to do. So I, you know, also I'm talking to college kids a lot. So I'll, I'll start with work in college and I do a slideshow. So I'll just do a slideshow of all my work. And that's, that's pretty typical. Like other artists, you know, I've seen a ton of artists lectures and they're really, um, I mean, I find they've been really helpful for me. Influential. Yeah, I didn't know what you were gonna say. I was ready for um, you to be like, they're really some of them boring, disappointing. Like some of them will be like, uh, somebody will make an awesome painting. Like somebody who makes awesome paintings will then like describe what the painting is, and they'll just be like, you know, I just think waterfalls are really pretty, and then it's really <laughs> sad because you're yeah. just like, oh, I thought these were smarter than that. Yeah, but, but yeah, you just kind of talk about the trajectory of your work and like what the ideas are and kind of like what you I want to go about. see you lecture. Yeah. Oh, well, fun. if I have one, I'll let you know. Yeah. In LA. I haven't, I had a lecture in North Carolina a few months ago. Where, yeah. Where are some of the places that you get asked um, to come for colleges? And so they just uh, have a budget where they're like, and yeah. we could have some guest artists come in and speak to the kids. Yeah. I went to university of Michigan and I did some, you know, so I went to university of Michigan um, and, oh no, I'm sorry, Michigan State. It was Michigan State. How dare you? So yeah, I know, it's really terrible. <laughs> so I went there and, you know, I spent three days working with grad students and then I did a lecture. Then I did one in uh, U, at North Car- U- University of North Carolina in Greensboro because mm-hmm. they had a museum show there. And then I did some in LA at Art Center and um, Ca- I haven't done CalArts, but I did UCLA and I did um, Otis and Cal State Northridge. I've done a few schools here. Yeah, Paramount. no kidding. Yeah. Listen to you. Would you ever do, like, does that, I know that that's obviously specific to. I'm ta- it's like, I'm almost like, I'm like playing shows. I'm like, oh, I did that. I got a gig. Time. Listen, I got a gig. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I guess I'm wondering, does that translate into, like, would, would, the, would anybody ever ask you to actually, like, teach or oh, yeah I, yeah. Teach. I okay. also teach like oh, I, I teach at that. art center sometimes didn't know and I was I just imagined the only thing while. I met let's let me clear this up this is how I imagine your life <laughs> you get up in the morning you make like a cup of coffee maybe you put it in a bowl like they do in, for the like the French do you put on your paint and clothes but you're not wearing shoes you're barefoot um basically what i'm imagining is like a montage or like the opening credits to a film uh-huh. where there's like some music playing some like cool music playing you like yawn and stretch and like 
maybe a cat runs past your feet. I mean, I'm really yeah. creating a whole okay. world of Annie getting ready to go into her studio. Then you go into your studio, uh, maybe with still with your coffee, and then you just like, you know, paint spattered clothes and then just I, brilliance. I am covered in paint yeah. most of the day. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Well, there is, uh, lately it's been, maybe more like that because I've been just working on stop on the show that I feel good about. But, um, a lot of the time I will wake up and not go paint, I guess. I mean, most days I am painting, I will say, but, um, occasionally I do teach, but, um, and then other times I'm just like scared to go to the studio. I'm just like, Oh my God, I don't know what to do. I can't go to the studio. It's going to make me feel like shit. Yeah. But I mean, really, most of the time lately, I feel great because I'm really excited about the show about to have in January, and I hope you can come to the opening. Oh my god! I, when when is the opening? January 11th. I'll still be here. I'm so Yay. excited. Okay, good. Oh, good. that's really exciting. I still, yeah. I mean, I Ty and I like crackle with energy. This is another uh, dear dear friend of mine and and someone in the salon. We still like crackle with energy when we talk about how exciting it was to go to the Honor Fraser Gallery oh, and so see great. that show. So right, that's where it was. was yeah, that I was Honor so Fraser? grateful that you guys came and I was like oh, God, so I hope exciting. they come to the next one I was like oh I by the way so everything was like sold already I mean it's so amazing well that yeah thank you it was great I mean I've been spoiled actually because I don't know if that happens all the time but now it's like what I would what I expect and if like I, I get really like freaked out if I haven't sold everything but anyway that's not to say that I the you know I'm learning to separate sales from like uh motivation I mean I always I never was motivated by sales, but I'm also learning to not be freaked out by yeah. sales or not sales or, you know, it's a, uh, that's true. For, I mean, it just it feels like be. that's so true. Like that's, there are so many places where I, where our lives and lifestyles converge, where I understand it. And then there's mm-hmm. so much of it that to me is like this beautiful mystery. Cause I yeah. just don't know the fine art world. And I know I've bored you with that before, but I think anybody who does something creative, especially where there's like, your soul attached to it. And then there's also a price tag attached yeah, to it. Business. It's so hard to not. Yeah. Like if, How I mean, you, I think it's true for an, an actor, you know, somebody's on a series for four years mm-hmm. and then the series goes away and then they don't get hired for a while and they feel like, Oh, my value yeah. is How do you intrinsically give up tied to whether or not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How do you give up approval? Absolutely. Yeah. And, the, and Oh my gosh. Okay. So, um, somebody said something to me really recently that, and, um, somebody who I really like respect in terms of like the things that they say. Um, so anyway, they were like approval is actually a, a, like we all have this need for approval, which is a um, it's almost like this genetic trait that we have because approval was so important when we were like a part of the clan. And if you got cast out, it was like, goodbye, you're dead. You're totally going to die. But now, so it's, it's almost like a relic. It's like literally like we're programmed with that relic of, for the need of approval. And if you can just see it as this like programmed relic, then you can just be like, oh God, that's so unnecessary. I don't need that. Wow. And that really was cool that for me. It's kind of freeing. <laughs> it's just like a BS relic. Yeah, I don't I need approval. Why do you? Yeah, no. If you can I, think, yeah, of it, I know. I mean, it's, it's hard. Really hard. Mm. Even still, I'm like, how do I get? Yeah. Like, yeah, I guess it's like the difference between. I mean, I guess that's the most useful when you realize that your 
you're feeling, yeah, that you're tied to craving the respect of people that you don't necessarily respect, which is a big issue for me. Mm-hmm. I really want the people that I care about that I respect to approve of me, yeah. you know, and approve of my work or whatever. And they probably but, do. Yeah. But then there's but like then one people person that don't. who you're like, they don't approve of me. Oh my God, that person's so important. That person's the right one. Yeah. I mean, we've talked I about know. that. I definitely people- brought that up on the podcast before. Like, oh, that, we all feel that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that one person they figured out, they see like the oh, dark goo inside of me. that person. And they see that like, I'm, I'm worthless. And oh, my oh gosh. as if we're all just waiting for someone to turn that rock over and go, oh, by the way, look at this worthless human being. Found yeah. it. Found it. Yeah. Why would we all be waiting for that? Yeah, it's just a big lie. It's a big old lie. Anyway, very, very. How does this work? How does this podcast work? Well, I'll tell you what. Well, this is it. This is it working. This is it working right now. There's no. Yeah, it's not like suddenly it's going to become a thing that it's not right now. But. what uh speaking of the big lie let's uh let's let's jump back for a second and um tell me where you uh grew up like specifically i mean i guess you can get to it if you moved around a lot or whatever but uh but where you ended up as a Um, teenager i well i was born in dc and then um i was there until i was 10 and i was in like dc proper and i was in a very liberal school and um, what are your parents what did they do that you were in my dad was a lawyer in dc um and then, you know, whatever I got, I don't know why they decided to move. I guess he hated being a lawyer. So we, he got a job at General Electric and then we moved to Louisville, Kentucky. And it was a small town outside of Louisville, Kentucky, actually. Um, and then I kind of spent like part of my teenage years there cause I was 16 when I left. And then we moved to Tokyo when I was 16. So yeah. I was in high school for two years in Kentucky and like two years in Tokyo. It's very similar. Very similar. Kentucky and Tokyo. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, Kentucky was Peas like in a pod. the most anomalous place. I think. Yeah. Although Tokyo was pretty fucking weird too, but well, it was great. I was yeah. happy there. You were happy there. Well, happy is not the right word. I was ha- I was glad I was there instead of Kentucky, but I wasn't like a happy person. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. What did, did you, did you feel Let's talk about those first few years in Kentucky first. Mm. Did you feel oh connected to anything? It was or tethered so to anything? traumatic. It was so. I really all feel due respect like, to Kentucky, by the way, which people say yeah, Louisville is great. I yeah. actually Louisville is really cool. You know, it took me a while to even learn. I mean, I learned how to appreciate it after six years because I also was in this really small town where it was really Christian and really conservative, really white. And I was just coming from DC, which is like mostly black, not conservative in my experience. And not, I mean, you know, I was studying evolution in elementary school and then I moved to Kentucky and they won't teach it in my, 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 my middle school because it's in, you know, the, that's the religious people are in control of your school board. And, you know, I tried to, you know, this is like people, like girls would get together for sleepovers and they'd be, they'd be like, where do you think we came from? <laughs> I'd be like, Adam and Eve. And you know, those big philosophical conversations, like, what am I? And I'd be like, um, well, you know, we descended from a race of ape-like creatures. And they would be like, um, what? Are you kidding <laughs> so, me? So shocked. And I remember one girl who was like my only friend for a little while, she was like, that is crazy. Are you? That's crazy. I mean, we don't look like apes. We look like pigs. 
I don't know. Oh, she was just wow. crazy. It was really wow. interesting because she was like, "We're light skinned, so we're like pig." I mean, that she was She's just not thinking wrong. About, she was just thinking of white people because there well, were no like black people true. in the town either. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, not, I mean, just like in terms of the skin color, oh, or whatever. No. But wow. So yeah, that's absurd. You know, I. You just made me realize how, like, liberal and sort of. I just took that for granted because I definitely oh, didn't. We would have conversations at slumber parties that were sort of more. You know that thing when you're, I don't know if you had this, but it, especially not with these girls that you're describing, but did you ever have friends that you could sort of stay up all night with and that feeling of it's almost like you're high because you've had no sleep? There, Some of my yeah. best stoned conversations took place when I was 10 before I had even smoked a cigarette just from yeah. like fatigue, the fatigue of like it's five in the morning. Yeah. I and remember, you and your girlfriend are like, but like we are like <laughs> on a tiny grain of sand on yeah. some like crazy giant's yeah. hand. I know. I remember one conversation with like a girlfriend in middle school, a girl like from DC actually would visit me, my friend Rebecca Kolsky, and she would like visit. And I remember just like lying awake at night and being like, oh my God, we don't know what the hell is going on. Like aliens could be watching us right now. Like, and we look at the light bulbs, we're like, oh my God, wait a minute, they're there. And then we just got so freaked out. It's so fun. Yeah, it does, it's so party. thrilling. Mm-hmm. It's so thrilling getting chilly, like chills yeah. like that and that kind of freaking out and really seeking that feeling out. I kind of yeah. miss seeking that feeling the out. The world is so big. And yeah. What the hell? The Did you, do you seek that feeling out now in any way? Like, you know, um, some people go on to haunted houses or some people watch scary movies. Some people take red roller coasters. Do you find yeah. that you seek it out? Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of like a permanent fixture for me uh, because I think that I'm always, I mean, whatever. Um, no, you do because really you're grandiose. a real seeker. No, but you, when we're, because in salon, you're, you, you definitely your awareness of kind of big abstract picture stuff. Yeah, I guess I'm, always, I'm just like it. constantly. It's in great. There. And I'm really lucky that like I just my job is to basically be like, what is perception? How does the brain work? Like I'm just constantly getting to deal with that and how to like push images to the point where like they're almost on the cusp of understanding and what does understanding mean? And so, yeah, I mean, I'm really lucky. I get to like be in that place a lot. Yeah, it's so pretty cool. awesome. It's so cool. But like, what's funny is that the, the, the conversations that I would have in Kentucky versus the ones that I would have, I mean, it's so, it, whatever. I shouldn't say Kentucky. I lived in a small town where everybody was really religious and the conversations were always like, you know, the late night conversations were like, how can you not believe in God? How can yeah. you not believe in God? And are you worried that you're going to go to hell? And I'd be like, no, I'm not. Did your parents, did you ever have a conversation with your parents? Like, were they experiencing that too on, on yeah. with people their age, you know? They were. Yeah. I mean, you know, my dad is part Jewish or half Jewish and whatever. Like that's a part of my family even though it's like the wrong side and he's only half, but Mm -hmm. um, like my parents were, my mom was like really sensitive to, I mean, basically we were totally weird. Like we were the one people who didn't go to church. And so my, you know, people would occasionally make like anti-Semitic remarks. And my mom was like totally disgusted by that. And Mm -hmm. then she also ended up writing like for this magazine in town or not just in Louisville that she wrote a lot of pro-choice articles that were like pro-choice and then she would get like neg- like scary mail like threats yay, yay. <laughs> stuff like that so we all kind of experienced it but and it's you and uh sibling it was me and my little sister okay and my sister was kind of like 
um, young enough so that it really didn't freak her out too much. She was also generally seemed a little less like emotionally unstable. (laughs) So (laughs) did she ever, was she young enough that she kind of adopted any of those points of view? Just she did believe in God briefly. And I was like, Oh my God. I mean, you know, not that there's anything wrong with believing God. I don't know what the hell is going on. I mean, I'm not going to, I sound like an apologist or whatever, but I I don't know. I don't know. Now I'm much more, I don't know. I'm not critical, but at the time I was extremely, extremely critical of mm-hmm. like religious stuff. So I was really mean about my sister believing in God. I wonder what, so she said you, she briefly believed in it. Do you remember? Yeah. I mean, I was like, mom, Heather says she believes in God. <laughs> and then, and then my so mom was absurd. like, well, that's okay. And I was like, what? You don't believe in God. Tell her it's oh, too, not that's real. so funny. I was so mean. Oh no. Oh, I was so mean to my sister. I also convinced her that she was like a figment of my imagination at one point where I like tried to convince her that she was like, actually, I tried to convince her that she was a, um, I had this story that I told her that I was a princess who had been put under this, you know, coma with a microchip in my brain and she was my handmaiden also put into the same dream with a microchip. Andy, and this that, is amazing. <laughs> so me. So I told her that she was my like basically my slave. And then, and then it's so complicated. <laughs> like some siblings would just be like, I made her carry my books to school or whatever. You're like, listen, I deconstructed her entire reality to the degree that she didn't know she existed. Yeah. And then I told her that like our mission was basically to to defeat my dad, who was like the oh evil warlord, oh, like you overlord. Created a video game. But, um, yeah, I was really into video games, I guess. But she, I talked to her about it, like, a couple weeks ago because I saw her. And she was like, and I always thought she would kind of believe me because she was, like, really upset. But she told me that it's not that she believed me, but that the concept of that, she was, like, she was probably, like, eight or nine. And the concept that her life might not be a reality. Like, she really, like, felt it. And she was, she didn't believe me, but the whole thing blew her mind. She was like, what the hell? I was like an existentialist crisis. <laughs> she was like, "Oh my god, what which is you keep having over and over again yes. too, which we all do, which is kind of wonderful." Yeah, what is? Where does on? she live now? She lives in Seattle. Oh, okay. Yeah, great city. Do you go up there? Does she come down here? Um, I usually go up there. She just had two babies, like right ten months apart. Oh wow, so Irish twins. Like, I think they call that Irish slut. Oh, oh interesting. 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 She's not a slut, but. It's kind of funny. I like to make fun of her. Actually, I like to make fun of her a lot. That's a joke. If you okay. listen to this, Heather, I do not think you're a slut. You're In any way, nice. Heather, please. No. No one's saying that. I to rip her a lot. Sometimes too much. Did she have a back? No, not really. I mean, not in the same no. way. She gives it back in different ways. <laughs> I don't I don't need to I don't need to deconstruct your entire relationship yeah. with your sister, well, but everybody no, she- knows I'm an only <clears throat> child, so I'm always super oh. interested. And like how those dynamics kind of shape out and uh, over the course of a lifetime. And how much older are you than she is? I'm four years, three and a half years okay. older than her. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a pretty good gap. Like yeah. it's just enough of a gap for her to, for you guys to be in each other's lives still for a lot of your childhood, mm-hmm. but for you to like be <clears throat> condescending or like oh, be annoyed yeah. by her. Yeah. No, that was definitely. Listen to me. What do, like I, what do I know? Oh yeah, I was so condescending and like made her feel and you know there's still this dynamic between us now where like i i just can't deal with being around people that much like for for extended like my family like i just i'm like okay i can only be with you for this long and then i need to not be around anybody 
And that's like that with everybody. Like if I go on a vacation with friends, I'll be like, okay, I need alone time. And they'll be like, why aren't you coming to this thing? Yeah. And, but she's not like that. So she, it's hard for her to kind of, I need the breakaway too. Yeah. Really pretty much any, anywhere. Mm-hmm. with anyone I just need the breakaway like alone time it's just how I grew up I just grew up with so much time by myself yeah I just needed it yeah. I still do I guess or maybe I didn't need it then but I, now I do because it's what I know or something like or I don't yeah know I do think I get hyper stimulated too yeah, easily stimulated um okay so let's jump back to okay so Kentucky slumber parties where they don't understand what evolution is love everything yeah. about that that feels like a scene in a film again not to downplay but as a person who likes to write in my mind i'm like <laughs> yeah. oh god that's a great scene um but uh <clears throat> but then what's it like when suddenly you're told and now tokyo japan um well by then i was in high school i went to high school in like a big um high school in the city so that was like less weird than my small town so I found some cool people and I was like okay I can be friends with somebody and by then I was like okay I can be friends with somebody but there's only five people I can be friends with here so I'm excited to move to Tokyo because I don't know what's there but it's gotta be awesome (laughs) compared to this I mean I mean Kentucky now is I mean Louisville now is different and there was like a good punk scene and a good music scene and that was kind of like cool and that was really it. Like once I found that, like that was, that felt like a good, you know, there's like an alternative scene. You feel like somewhat, okay, this is like, there's some other misfitty weirdos. Here. So that is what you were kind of drawn to at the time. Yeah. And in Louisville, they had that and that was good, but they didn't have anything else. Like everything else just felt like it sucked. Like I was just like, there's nothing to do here. We just go to Denny's every night. Everything sucks. I hate Boy, it. I can relate to that though. And, and from then, Tucson too. Yeah. I just, it's like, oh, strip, like, what is this? Yeah. Everything sucks. Yeah. I just, ugh. I was talking to, I guess I was talking to Chris, probably Christine Wood's episode. It feels like we were talking about that because she was from Orange County and it was this, like, I, we just had the conversation where we, we were like, well, yeah, that totally explains drug use. Like yeah. after a certain point, I just burped because don't worry guys, this time I'm drinking Cle- uh, La Croix. La Croix. This time I'm drinking some sparkling La Croix. Um, but uh, yeah, that there's only so many like sitting over coffee and smoking cigarettes at Denny's that you can do as a young alternative kid who thinks you're weird and maybe too smart for your own good or like not sure who you are yet or whatever before when someone says like, hey, you want to alter your brain's chemistry so that this pot of coffee is becomes fascinating. You're like, okay, it's it's tough, man. It's it's very understandable. Yeah, there's nothing to do. I mean, that's why when you go to like the middle of the country, there's nothing to do there. And it's like, every radio station is religious because it's like the only thing to do is to go to church. I mean, what else? There's nothing to do. You just go to church. Or hopefully have a very rich creative life somehow internally and make stuff. I don't know. I mean, we're making broad generalizations. I'm sure there are people like I have a friend who lives in Iowa who like is like Davenport, Iowa is amazing. Like it's a great city. Um, My mom's from Iowa. So I shouldn't and make Louisville these is getting to be yeah. Louisville was cool. Like it had a really cool music scene. There was stuff to do. I just was like so far in the outskirts because I still lived in a stupid little town. I had to yeah. drive to like the cool parts and and the cool parts were, you know, they were cool. But we couldn't drink. I mean, I guess that's the problem. You know, there's like if once you can drink, it's fine. But if you're 16, it sucks. You just go to Denny's. It's really <laughs> sucks. That's all you do. Yeah. Did you have like were you because I, I know that. 
I was, I mean, I feel like I can relate because I love the sort of alternative scene mm-hmm. of Tucson and became really into that. But I also definitely sought refuge in films and in books and stuff like that. Did you have yeah. that kind of rich life, imaginative life? Yeah. Or were you painting? I, mean, How- I was, I mean, I was always painting and that was like important to me in school. But, and that's kind of what I love to do. But I also was really into school. Like I was really into books and history and like nerdy. I was really into history. And archaeological art. Like, I was really into Mayan archaeology, actually. That's what I thought I was going to be when I grew up. Oh, yeah? I was like, I'm going to be a Mayan archaeologist. And I went to college, and that was still, like, my major. And I was like, this is what I'm studying. I'm yeah. going to study pre-Columbian. What, what drew you so much to it? Um, I just... And how do you remember how you first found out about... Like, I remember when oh, I first I started... Know reading about sharks not to say that i ever thought i was going to study sharks that's oh, no. not sharks the case awesome too I but also yeah I, like i remember the first like i can read about sharks book i found like when i just was starting to have an awareness of what they were yeah. and then this sort of speaking of thrill seeking just that thrill yeah. that thrill of a shark yeah, and thrill. i'm wondering if you remember when you sort of crack that open about the the, the sort of mayan yeah. their fascination with mayan i think it might have been um it might have been something on TV about like I think there was this like weird animation of the Popo Vu, which is like the book, their Mayan book of the dead, and it's really the the stories that are in the Popo Vu are just you know crazy. It's like people get you know eaten and then they're destroyed. They're like and then they get put back together again, and then like a game is played where the winners are all sacrificed. I mean, it's just like. It's a really crazy. I don't even remember it all now, but um, this the art too. I think it was really the art. I mean, I was always really obsessed with art when I was a kid. Like I was obsessed with Goya. I remember that was he was the first artist I was ever like, oh my god, this is amazing. And I really loved a lot of Spanish artists. And then I started, to, even though it's not connected, but I loved. Um, Mayan art. I mean, the Aztec art, it's just like crazy. It's just like people with insane faces with teeth and monsters and just like, it's just scary. Like, where did that spring from? Where does that, yeah. I know, it's just amazing. And I was, I was really into the art and that's, I guess I thought I was, I was, I don't know. I just thought that meant I needed to be an archaeologist or something, but I could have been an art historian, but for some reason I thought archaeology was like more, um, holistic. Like I didn't want to just study the art. I was like, oh, I want to know everything about the culture. That's understandable. And like deal with like actual artifacts and stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, that's. And so okay, segue. all right. I love to jump around, so please okay. don't. I, hope I'm, like, I, I hope actually I'm not... feel a little high, even though I'm not high. Right? Yeah. Here we go, Annie. Here we go. This is very get immersive. on board. <laughs> Uh, she's talking about sharks. I don't know what she's doing, but I'm no, going to go with no, it. No, but yeah, Gianna's the cetacean, like sharks also are awesome. Like those things, like I had like a thing about whales. I remember like watching TV in my basement and just like watching a thing about whales all the time. I would just like cry when I saw whales. Yeah. Like, whales are so amazing. What is it? I feel like such a touchy feely, like huggly person now, but what is it? say about me that like i really had very little interest in dolphins and whales but was super interested in sharks awesome (laughs) way more interested in sharks well maybe the same reason why i was interested in the aztecs it's just like that kind of like oh that's so close to like mortality it's so scary scary. but so great yeah i've talked about it before i gotta bring it up again that one of my favorite feelings in the world is walking in san francisco at night 
along the edge of the bay, like between the two bridges, like along the Embarcadero. Mm -hmm. And it's night and the lights are shining off of the bridge and off of the city and they're bouncing off the water. So the water has that ripply, inky, like blinking light Mm. depth to it. And it's and you know the Pacific Ocean is cold and San Francisco is cold. And to just think about what is going on down there. Yeah. Right. Yes. Because there are great white sharks. Like right there. That's crazy. That fucking creeps me crazy. <laughs> I like it gives me goosebumps to think about right now. It gives me goosebumps. It yeah. is so intense to me. Yeah. No, and it's I don't know crazy. part of that is being from a desert where just that just didn't exist. Like I mean no. I certainly visited the ocean, That's but it's so very awesome becomes you- very like, oh beach during the day or whatever when you're a kid yeah. and you know your parents drive you out to to LA or whatever. But yeah, something about like the ocean at night and the pro- close proximity to the city just blows my mind every time yeah no that is like that's awesome that you love that you should go and get one one of those cages where the great white sharks go after you but you're safe oh god (laughs) i'll never do that oh ha I just took it a step too far. Wow. So I just can't. I think that you're like actually fascinated because you're so terrified. For sure. Because I almost would do that. I feel like I'm scared, but I would do that. But you're like, absolutely not. But you know what? It's not, that's just not about, that's not just about sharks. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've never been scuba diving and I've never been snorkeling. I would like to go snorkeling, Mm -hmm. but I really feel I don't belong down there. Yeah. So it's not just about, I think the sharks represent the like most far away. Boy, this is really just me talking about myself. But no. the, I think it represents the sure most far away. No, no, no. Uh, trust me, no. Um, <laughs> like they represent the most extreme part of not feeling like you belong down there. Yeah. They're the most, sort of the most like. Yeah, they're horrifying. The most socially constructed as dangerous you know what i mean like i'm sure that like jellyfish are not particularly safe either if you're like in a school of jellyfish or whatever yeah but we just we are all fascinated by sharks as being these kind of prehistoric oh yeah they're creatures so so it's bred into us that you know socially that like we're that they but they sort of represent the the sort of scariest part but i'm also like the idea of Swimming with dolphins is is exciting to me, but it's also still like, yeah, but I don't. What am I doing there? Like, yeah. I don't. They don't need me to get in their business, and so yeah. I sort of feel that way about the ocean overall. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel that way about like ugh, cruises and like even whale watching. I have a real problem with. I I used to. I've done it a couple times, but because my family has a house near the ocean where there's whales and I just it's so depressing. It just makes me sad to chase whales around. I'm like, Oh, aren't you annoyed? The whales. <laughs> well, hopefully part of it is helping to educate and support and sustain, yeah. you know, that's different. I just can't, uh, this is the one thing that I find like, like I have this cause, which is like kind of a pathetic cause, but the thing I like, I'm so upset about in the world is, is sea world and all of the, like putting a whale in, I mean, I kind of am okay with a shark going in activity captivity because they don't look that smart. They're just kind of like, uh, they're going around and they have big, <laughs> they usually have other animals in there and they even actually make their enclosures more like ocean like, but opposed to just like a swimming like a pool white nightmare. It's just living in this white, horrible, scary nightmare. There's nothing yeah. in there. Oh my god, I'm so disgusted by that. Can't yeah, do that. it's rough. Did you see that movie? That I actually can't. Watch I can't it. watch it either. I can't watch it. it was on the other day, and my sweetie was like, uh, "I was like, oh, 
because we just like saw it in the middle or something. I was like, oh, this seems. And he was like, oh, no, 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 no. I need to protect you from this. Oh, like, good. I really need to protect you from this film. From Let's change the channel. Let's go well, ahead and change. La, la, la. Nothing. Yeah. You can't watch it because, yeah, yeah, I mean, I was like, yeah, it's the worst. I can't watch it. Yeah. It's just horrible. I want to actually start like this, like whatever, uh, whatever. It's the thing that I'm like most upset about right now. Even there's Got a lot it. of things to be upset no, about. It's listen, the most emotional. There are a lot of things. Sometimes you have to just like filter because we're hypersensitive and just yeah. pick something and do the best you can with it. All right. Yeah. I'm jumping okay. back. I got to jump back. So I got to get to Tokyo. Okay. Tokyo. So, okay. So you're excited to go to Tokyo. What's in Tokyo? Job. Your dad. My dad's got a job there. And then I went to a high school <clears throat> that was like an American school. Okay. In Tokyo. And what kind of kids were uh, would be a part of that community? Like, what what were all the different? Um, do you remember a lot of emb- like a, a lot of embassy kids mm-hmm. from different countries? So a lot of different kids from all over the world, and then a lot of company kids, and then a lot of missionary kids, a lot of Mormon kids. Really? Actually. Yeah, a lot of That's Mormons. Where my background pops in. Yeah, my cousin Mormons. served a mission in Tokyo. Uh, you know what? May not have been Tokyo. Certainly was Japan. Oh. I, I maybe misspeak. What year was it? Was it? Prior to 1997, was it 1995 to 97? Because that's when it, I was there. It was not. Oh, okay. It was not. He's younger than I am. So he's, it was in the 2000s, I think. Okay. Well, yeah, there's tons of Mormons. I don't know, um, actually. Might have. No, he's, yeah, it must have been in the early 2000s. Yeah. But the, there was like a Mormon church, like right around the corner from my, where we lived in Tokyo, actually. This big Mormon mission there. And then, um, and then like teachers' kids were, we're at the school, like the, te- the kids of the teachers, and that's typically who I was friends with, actually. Did you have any more uh, God conversations with the Mormon kids? No. I was kind of like, <laughs> I wasn't, we, weren't, we weren't that close. They were really nice, though. They were, like, super nice. Some of the nicest, best people yeah, I've ever so encountered nice. in my life. Yeah, no, by then I was kind of like, I had a boyfriend, and then, like, the theater, I was always friends with the theater crowd, so yeah. I hung out with them. See, that's why we get along. Yeah. Fine. No, I just want to quickly say about Mormons now that I'm thinking about it. There's so much wrong, in my opinion, with that church. And I've talked about it on the podcast before, mm-hmm. certainly with Cara Santa Maria. I'm going to at some point have uh, a, a buddy of mine uh, who is a Mormon feminist who's sort of changing things from the inside oh, or wants wow. to change things from the inside. She's very active in the church wow. and advancing. She lives here in LA? Uh, she doesn't, but she lives in, I think she lives in California a little bit further up, I wow. think. Central California, maybe? Tracy, I'm sorry yeah. that I don't remember where you live, but, um, but, uh, yeah, she's, I'm so, I'm always so fascinated by, by, and so respectful of honestly, people who believe enough in an institution to want to passionately stay and change it from the inside. Um, yeah, I really, I really cherish that because that's the opposite of how I am. I'm like, Oh, this isn't working for me. I got to get out of this. Yeah. And there's something great about like somebody has to pioneer and be tenacious and say, listen, this is because that's what our country should be as well. Right. Like that's what politics should be as well. Yeah. You know, love it or leave it. Like, well, be passionate about, you know, changing the infrastructure so that it works better for you. Right. Rather than just bailing. So I'm super impressed when people do that. But um, Yeah. yeah, Mormons are like some, like in terms of like, I don't, and this is a complete all due respect to every other form of Christianity because I don't mean, this is not a direct insult Mm -hmm. to them, but because I've had so much experience with Mormons, I will say that even with all the problems and all like, honestly, the racism and like the bigotry and stuff that has existed and does still exist in, in, in many ways, I still feel like in a lot of ways, they're a group that most 
accurately represents the idea of what Christianity is supposed to be, which is like to be very generous, to yeah. be forgiving, to be loving, to be how charitable, to I take agree. care of people. Yeah. yeah, I mean, how is it that they, I mean, this is, I mean, I'm kind of like jealous of religion at this point. Like, I'm like, wow, what is that like? Like, I want to be a part of something like that, but I just have, I'll never, that'll never work for me. But like, but it does seem like Mormons, you know, some, obviously there's, horrible people in every faith but like it does seem like it's same thing with scientologists like sometimes they seem like i mean scientologists sometimes seem like some scientologists seem a little glazed over but some of them are also just like there's like certain types i mean gosh i'm now i'm drawing a parallel between scientology and mormonism i hope no that is not the first time that has happened (laughs) and it will not be the last they're both very american religions yeah they're both very bureaucratic american religions but maybe there's this like really awesome self-help component of mormonism that i don't know i don't understand because they do seem to be like oh their families are so nice to each other i think you know what i don't know much about scientology but i think that mormons at least in my experience of going to church with my you know i had to go to church with my mom huh i'm like picking my nose oh great pick it pick it (laughs) away pick it away on air i got a lot of hidden cameras though because this is being broadcast But um, yeah, no, I I, uh, I think I don't know that much. I do. I mean, from what I know about Scientology, it does seem like Scientology is more about helping, it's like self-help. Mm-hmm. And um, but the Mormon doctrine is really, it is really group oriented. It is yeah. really community oriented. It's a lot of stuff that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it, yeah. it, there's there's a lot of stuff in it that's just like, I don't know. Sometimes I talk about and I know I have on the podcast before. Wow, well, this is a, one of those. But like it, the simplicity, like you and I really complicate our brains and have complicated mm-hmm. brains and sort of allow them to stay complicated. And um, there are some very, very brilliant Mormons, very brilliant uh, in finance. Mm-hmm. People like, you know, Mitt Romney has been very successful, like real estate or finance or the law. Um, there are some, believe it or not, some like really brilliant Mormon scientists who, yeah. who are like a rocket scientist who also believes in God and is yeah. somehow coming to reconcile the fact that maybe the scripture is outdated or that there's, you know, good intention there, but he, there's still some sort of, I'm speaking to a very specific person, by the way, I'm not being sexist. I actually am thinking of a specific person that I'm right. like, how is he a rocket scientist and also a Mormon? Um, not to say women can't be rocket scientists. They are. Uh, but, um, yeah, just just like the simplicity of like I, I've talked about this before, but if like like it's something as simple as the idea of eternal marriage, mm-hmm. like they have really like if you can, if you have if you if you really have choose to have that faith, yeah, and you really make the decision to believe that it's different if you're living in a construct that you secretly really doubt, or if right. you're gay or whatever. So if you get and you're married, living you're a married lie. forever. Yeah, but if you believe it, if you're if that's if you're believing it and you're making it work for you, the idea is that you find a partner and you're married for eternity. You're sealed in the temple and it isn't till death do us part. That's so you stay married forever. So you don't and, have to even worry about all that other BS. And the yeah, the permanence of that is while terrifying to many of us, mm-hmm. there's something so like the people that I know in my life who seem to have made it work. It's so freeing. It's just like, Oh, I got that part done. Yeah, I know. Like well, I found my partner, like... and I'm and th- and that person is my partner for eternity. So I I, mm-hmm. I needn't get restless because there's no point. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about that um, uh, being accepted by others or approval. 
<laughs> I wanted to figure out how to do that. Like approval. Yeah. You know, you don't have to worry about that because you are approved by God. So who cares about everybody else? <laughs> I guess that's a, that's a bigger picture thing to say, too. Yeah. All right. So you're in Tokyo. Um, I'm in Tokyo. And uh, and so you're hanging out with the theater kids and like theater kids, musician kids. And you're and you're making art. Yeah, I was. Making were you art. still really interested in Mayan archaeology? I was. You were living I was in Tokyo? still really. I mean, I studied Spanish while I lived in Japan. Like I was Love not <laughs> studying Japanese. Um, Hilarious. But I learned a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I was. Um, I was still making art, and that was still important to me. I just didn't see it as a. Um, I was really into academics. Like I pretty much thought I was going to be in academics. I did not think I would be, I didn't know, I didn't know any artists. So I didn't know how to, I mean, one of my art teachers was like a douchebag weirdo who was just so lame. And so I was like, ugh, what a weirdo. And then one of my teachers was amazing. He was like this Japanese, like, you know, there are these levels of like national treasure versus like, and like there's all these different levels of national treasure. And he was like some level of national treasure, one of my art teachers. So he was amazing. But, you know, I just didn't know anybody who made a living as an artist. So I um, I just didn't see it as a possible... I didn't... I, You know, I to be honest, I wasn't exposed to... Um, yeah, I just didn't know, you know. It just didn't seem like a viable or... I don't know. It just wasn't a part of my brain. I was like, oh, that would be so cool. But I was like, oh, but that doesn't seem like a thing. <laughs> That's completely understandable. Yeah. I guess that helps explain a little to me how you, the fact that you didn't always feel that way. Because that's, I wouldn't have felt that way about being, or although I guess my friend, my friend, oh boy. Oh. Inappropriate. Let's answer the phone. Oh, you know what? This is like a, yeah, that's like, um, this is not fun. This is like a, this is like a spam call. Should I answer oh. it? Hello? <laughs> Hello? Questions about sports leisure interests and would like to include you or a member of your household as one of the people across the country that get to express their opinions. Be assured no attempt will be made to sell you anything. We're only interested in your opinion. About uh, sports? Before we get started, out of all oh, no. the people 12 or older who are at home Oh, right no, now, no, no. We're not going to... I'm so sorry. We're not going to get started on anything. I really apologize. I have to say quickly that you guys have been calling me. Um, I've come to know this phone number very well indeed because you've called me so many times and usually Somebody I don't answer. Yeah, but... Answers. Yeah, <laughs> but, I, 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 but I will take this opportunity to ask you just to not call me at home, um, especially now when I'm in the middle of doing my podcast, The JV Club, which if anyone there at the SER Research Company is interested, it is not a sports-related podcast, but it is a podcast for people who like verbal and emotional hugs. Please uh, take me off the list, and uh, and I'm so sorry I won't be able to answer any sports-related questions for you. Well, that was a joy. Was um, I wonder if you could tell that he was on a podcast. Well, you know, I think there's a certain energy that yeah, uh, I'm gets totally swept. Like this energy is awesome. Oh my gosh, I feel swept up into the energy oh. of your podcast. I don't. I'm not sure even what I just did, but um, I don't know. Was suddenly like, was now like I a, do like weird like phone bits. Being on a drug trip and like having like a weird interaction with somebody who's not in the trip. <laughs> You're, You're right. Like, my mom just came in and killed Whoa. her buzz. <laughs> killed the buzz, but it was still oh, kind of weird. I feel like there's cool going to be like experience. eight more interruptions like that now that now that that's happened. But um, 
uh, no one ever calls my home number, so I don't even think to turn off the ringer anymore, except I should have thought, like, oh, that fucking research company is going to call me again. Oh, yeah. Okay, I apologize for that. Um, okay, so Tokyo, I was there. I I want to ask you, too, about, like, dating and stuff. Oh, like, yeah. how did well, that work? Oh was that, like, anything goes in that uh, t- crazy Tokyo <gasps> world of well, people from all over? Well, my sister had anything goes stuff. There was, like, you know, my sister had, like, some weird, like, older men always interested in her my parents were always like mm, whatever but um no for me i well prior to moving to tokyo i was um totally disinterested in guys to the point that i just really thought i was a lesbian but i never really was attracted to women but i was just like ew i hate every single boy who is around yeah. me so I thought I was a lesbian, then I moved to Tokyo, and then there was, oh my god, this is like such a weird, sad saga about love. Can I tell you about Please it? Please do. Oh my god, it's so sad. It's actually kind of traumatic. Okay, so um, I moved to Tokyo, and I was, it's so funny to be talking about publicly. I mean, I don't. I would tell you like in a second, but now because there are like people involved, I'm like, oh my god, what if they listen? But they probably won't. So anyway, um, moved to Tokyo, I thought had thought I was a lesbian. I was also kind of a little bit anorexic probably. I would just like eat the same thing every day and I was really like neurotic about um that and you know basically pretty depressed. So I was a total control freak about my whole life. Um I got over in in Tokyo luckily, but um you know, I just never been with a guy. I, I had but just didn't like the guys where I was in Kentucky. I just like thought they were so gross. I hated them all. I thought I was a lesbian. Um, and at the time, that didn't seem like a really awesome thing because <laughs> I was like <laughs> 16 and I had just come from Kentucky and like I was like a huge proponent of gay rights, but like it was like such an anomaly. You know, people yeah. were like, what? You know, it's yeah. crazy. Um, I don't even know where I realized that that it was stupid to hate that shit but basically I was like that's stupid so but I was like it doesn't sound like it's gonna be you know coming from a place where everybody was really you know homophobic and stuff like that I was like oh that's gonna be a hard life so and what's so cool now is that like some of the girls and stuff like that that I knew in Kentucky like now they're like married they're like have like wives and I'm just like oh, it's that's so great. cool to see yeah. that yeah it's really cool but like um but anyway, so moved to Tokyo, thought I was a lesbian, met this guy in the first like three weeks and he was like, hello. And his name was Shay. And he was like, oh my gosh, hi, young thing. And I was like, and he was a senior and I was a sophomore. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think I'm not a lesbian. I remember I cried. <laughs> I was like, I like somebody. My loins were stirred. Oh. But um, anyway, very bad, uh, quick experience essentially eventually had a moment where um oh god this is so personal i don't know if i can talk about it. anyway long story short did not exactly um god this is really personal okay so i don't want you I to sh- feel like you have to I, well anyway it got what happened was is that like some sex stuff happened, but kind of not. But anyway, the bottom line was I didn't really know if I didn't really think it happened, but kind of did happen. And then he was like, it happened. And I was like, well, I definitely don't want that to happen. He was like, well, it happened and you should be cool about it. Yeah. And then, um, I think a lot of people have yeah experiences like that. And then like, 
it was just really upset. It, the whole thing was like a horrible, I don't know. And for you to catapult into that from yeah. being kind of asexual in a yeah. sense, that's, that's so disruptive and, yeah. and being in this totally new environment and stuff. That's yeah. traumatic. Yeah. It's kind of like, ugh, God, it was just really shitty. Um, but anyway, as soon as I was like, I definitely don't want to be having sex with you. He was like, well, then you're lame. <laughs> See yeah. you later. Classic. But it was also kind of like, whatever. It was just a bad, it was a bad experience. But, um, and how long does it take to bounce back from something like that? Or do you bounce back in a bad way? Like, well, I'll just get much, reckless. I, beca- I think I became a slut after that. Mm-hmm. Actually. Okay, great. Yeah. That's also fair. <laughs> um, uh, not really, but I was just like, who cares? Like, why? I mean, you know, it's fine. I mean, frankly, maybe that is like what people eventually get to, where they're just like, whatever, I do what I want. <laughs> I'm a, I'm gonna. I don't need woman. your approval. But I was maybe a little. Yeah, I don't need approval. But yeah, I mean, I, I just, yeah, I was just. Um, oh God, it was it was crazy. So anyway. Um, then I met a boy after that who I may listen to this podcast. I don't know. I really hope not. But Well, you don't have to name him by name if you don't want. Oh, he's the only one that I did it after that. And so he and I, he was a musician. And then like he was really, um, what do you, what happens when people talk about their high school stuff? Like I am so, un- I don't, well, yeah, so I don't, I don't think do I have. talk about personal stuff? Yes. They 100% do, but they so don't have funny. to. Sometimes they don't, you know, yeah. it doesn't. Um, I feel totally fine talking about it, like mm-hmm. in a, um, in a, in a, like a one-on-one situation uh, or like even a group situation, but like on a public level, then suddenly I'm, I'm finding this is totally weird. I did not expect this to happen. Yeah. I'm like, oh shit, I don't like, well, I, I would think just it's, feel yeah. so weird if I somebody think listened to it. I think it's interesting. I would be interested. I, I don't know. To my knowledge, I have not been talked about, like, on mm-hmm. in a public way from that time period as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I think about that for sure. I think, like, well, I think mostly because it's so subjective. And, I, and, I, and it's that feeling of, like... Yeah, they like, remember this it this way or yeah like, am i telling know, someone else's yeah, story I mean, but like, i think everybody understands my hope is that everybody understands that we all have stuff like this and right. ultimately it's not that it's not about outing someone else and and taking away their privacy um but uh but rather just sort of yeah i'm waiting for my dogs to bark um but just kind of like, you know, calling out the the stuff that there ends up being an overlap with people. Yeah. So ultimately, I just think to myself, like, I hope nobody feels like I'm violating their privacy by. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's a weird thing that I think that um, I think a lot of people, when they think about people in the past, like, they're just like, oh, that happened in high school, like, whatever. But I am still like, really, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I thought high school was so ridiculous that I don't take it seriously, but like certain things I just like the idea of somebody being in my past like I'm still like whoa like that person is still really present in my life so I feel really even though I never see them or I would want to see them you know what I yeah mean? I understand that because I feel yeah. like that everything can conde- is I feel like I have a very condensed emotional memory where imagine being someone with total autobiographical memory you know I'm fascinated oh with gosh, that yeah where you can just pull up a memory I, I really want to podcast Mary Lou Henner someday um, oh my gosh. Because, you know, we've talked about that in I Salon. I can't even imagine. The idea that you could call up a memory as if it had just happened yesterday. How would you not just be enraged or like crushed or, you know, know what I mean? All the time. Yeah. Like, 
because negative energy like oh i'm still oh so gosh. that's why so many of them i think are single no i can't imagine that oh i have God. had best friends in my life that i'm still like why the fuck are we not still best friends i'm like please let's be best friends and i they're like no because we grew apart and you're now somebody i want to be friends with anymore oh no and like we might be totally different but i don't care i'm just like you know, like people from elementary school that I'm just like, you were my best friend then. We can still be connected. It's so funny that you would bring that up because I had a dream, I think last night, about like my friend who was my best friend. I've talked about wishing that I had a best friend before. She, uh, she, I, she When I was very little, she was definitely my best friend. No question about it. Like we met in preschool. I don't have a best friend. We were best friends. Well, no, I don't either now. But we were best friends like all the way up through probably maybe until junior high, but she lived on the other side of town. So I didn't go to school with her after preschool. And so she was like kind of my best friend. And even in high school, we would still go on trips together because our families like mm-hmm. knew each other and trusted, you know, us to travel together. But even in high school, we started drifting apart and I dreamt about her the other night and I don't, I've lost touch with her. Mm-hmm. And I actually have a lot of regret about some stuff oh. that happened in our twenties, which principally was that I couldn't go to her wedding and I just felt horrible about it Yeah. because um, I think it really hurt her and it wasn't about her at all but um, I had a dream about her but I feel kind of yeah I, I, it was like a haunting dream it was like god that's someone who knows you so well in and out and yeah. then at a certain point you just start to drift and then and we're so different we're so different yeah it's really yeah it's still it breaks my heart that kind of stuff but, yeah yeah I don't know I mean, just move on. Or you don't. Oh, and probably, <laughs> I mean, it's not like I wasn't, I was trying to keep the friendship alive. Obviously, I did something wrong, so. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know if it's, I mean, it, sometimes it isn't that Who specific, knows? but yeah. I wanted to do the cootie catcher oh, with you as that. we near that. But okay. I, I wish that, I just wanted to be kind of, I wish it were more holiday specific. I'm going to do the cootie catcher and then I'm going to try to adapt the question into something that I can morph into something holiday okay. related to see if I can pull a memory from you. Um, let me just assemble this. It's been a while since I've done it, but I assure you, I still remember how. Okay. Pick a color and you can describe the color in whatever Um, way you want. Blue. All right. B L U E. You're an artist. I thought you would be like blueberry. That's not what I thought. Uh, pick a number. Um, five. One, two, three, four, five. Mm. Pick another number. Eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and one last number. Three. Oh, wait, is that a three? Yeah. Okay. Three. Uh, What is your worst memory of Christmas? Oh, my God. I'll tell you what my worst memory of Christmas is. I was very depressive through most of my childhood, even in Tokyo, when I was very happy to be in Tokyo, but still very miserable. Um. And and in high in college I was pretty depressive I think so I went home for college for Christmas from college and my whole family was there I have two older brothers a little sister there was probably one of my brother's girlfriends was there at the time I don't know who else was there but anyway I was there and um, I just wanted to lie in bed all the time. <laughs> Like, wait, how do we not talk about the fact that you had two older brothers? I have two older brothers. Yeah, they're like eight and they were way older. Yeah, Yeah. they weren't around really most of the time. Once we moved to Kentucky, they weren't around, and definitely not around in high school. I mean, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and also, just they're my dad's. Line, they're my half brothers, and okay. so they have a mom that's like they would be with their mom sometimes, and sometimes with us. Um, but anyway, so I was just lying in bed the whole time, being really depressive. And I did not get along with my dad. I actually get along with him really well now, but we did not get along for a really long time. And um, I just remember my dad coming in to you know, we were just kind of, you know, I would make like some kind of breakfasty thing and like there wouldn't be enough for him and he'd be like, oh, you don't like me. And then like something else would happen, whatever. It was, that sounds really petty, but there was a lot of really intense years and years of horror between us. And then I was like lying in bed most, a lot of time. I was trying to avoid people. I mean, I guess that sounds really dramatic, but I don't know. I really just was like, I can't, I can't, I can't function. And, um, and now I'm much better, so you don't have to worry, (laughs) listeners, but I was just really messed up. So, and then I remember my dad came into the room and he was like, you're ruining Christmas for everybody. (laughs) And that was just really, that was like really, um, it's kind of funny. I feel like someone's accused me of ruining Christmas too. Like it feels like. You haven't lived unless somebody's accused you of <laughs> yeah. ruining Christmas. I mean, that's nice. I'm glad to hear oh. that you've also ruined Christmas for somebody. I'm 100% sure I might... I don't think I've told this story before, but maybe I have. But I'm 100% sure that I made a lot of people unhappy. Like, it seemed like it was a much bigger deal. Now, but, like, when I tell you what it was that I did, I can't imagine why someone would say I was ruining Christmas. But I'm, I feel like it was very dramatic that this happened. But my, I was at... Um, my grandmother's house in Phoenix with my mom and her sisters, couple, I think almost all of her siblings were there with their families. And um, I was a sugar, complete freak and addict as I probably would still be if I let myself. And I found the advent calendar and it was like still pretty early in December probably. So there was still a lot of chocolate in the little <laughs> windows like that you break open and you eat the chocolate. So I just stole the advent calendar and like went and like sat in a closet and just ate each oh, one of the chocolates girl. all the way through till Christmas. I totally relate to that. Yeah. And then I got caught Shame. and I just remember it, like it was like you'd think I had murdered someone. Ugh. Was it when you were a kid? Whose parents? Who's, it was last year. No, it was when I was a kid. <laughs> whose advent calendar was it? I was just like the fan, you know, it was just like whatever that was in the living room, my grandparents advent calendar. Yeah. Those moments where you're just like, I can't control myself and I just want to eat. For sure. And then you feel so much shame. I felt so much shame. But I don't think I felt that much shame doing it. I feel like when I was doing it, I was like, this is pure pleasure. That's like the saddest part. I mean, how old were you? Do you know, like roughly? I know, like six or something. Oh, no. That's so sad. I was pretty little. I was little enough that I could like, like just easily get under the bed, which is where I hid. The saddest thing is when like little kids like, I mean, it's probably good for you. You know, I mean, somebody was telling me that it's good for kids to like have these failures and it builds character. Yeah. But like, you know. I remember like I collected all these coins, but then at one point when I was like five or something like that, I collected all these coins and my dad was like, where'd you get these coins? And I was like, I got them from your, that up there on your couch, on your desk, like whatever. He had like a coin jar. <laughs> it's like, I was like, my coin collection. <laughs> and then he was like, that's stealing. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm the worst person ever. And I just like, couldn't stop crying. Like those things. Wow. But you didn't, but you didn't actively know you were stealing. I didn't know. I was just like, I feel like I would have known I was stealing, but I might've still done it. 
but well, I w- but I didn't do that. I didn't take money. Yeah. But I d- I certainly knew when I was like stealing candy from a store. Right. I knew it was wrong, and I did get a thrill out of it. I'm so ashamed. <laughs> Wow, I'm, I'm really so impressed. Ashamed. You literally lived on the edge. I was really... Oh, I definitely did not live... Well... One time I took a candy from like a, a restaurant that I thought was free, and then I showed my dad afterwards. I was like, look, I got one of those candies. And he was like, that is not free. You had to pay oh. 10 cents for that peppermint patty. And then I started to cry. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm a thief. I myself. Ah. I couldn't. That was like the worst thing I ever did. I was... Uh... <laughs> I don't know if I should. T- I, it's probably not my story to tell. I was I was at a I, I was recently at a, a grocery store with a uh, a friend who has done the podcast who is a very f- famous and funny person, and um, she was getting some granola from one of the bins and she got like the bag of granola and then proceeded to walk with me while I did my shopping, just eating the granola absentmindedly, mm. and like it didn't even occur to her that there was no way she wouldn't like. Oh, I'll pay for this when I get to the. Right, she thought Cash she would register, but there's no evidence. Like, there's no. What oh, are you gonna do? You're just like, like I ate about this much, like, because it's by the pound. Oh, so she just got the bulk food and and proceeded to eat like half of it, yeah. and then was only charged for whatever was left. And oh I was yeah, like, you know, you totally stole that granola. And she's yeah, like, no, I, no, I was, I was, I'm gonna buy it. I'm oh, just, I'm man. eating it because I know I'm gonna buy it. And I was like, yeah, but that's not she's how. She's not paying attention. She's not super yeah, sensitive. That's to that not how issue. that works. I know. I always um, like okay. I can that was really fun. That's it. It was fun to me that she did that. It was actually one of my favorite things that's happened recently. Uh, okay, let's play some MASH. Okay. Um, did you ever play this when you were younger? Yeah. I really... Okay, good, because I thought to myself the other day, I should apologize to the listener for, you know, as a good podcaster, I should prep people and say we're going to play this game so that you, the listener, does not have to continuously listen to me explaining it to people who don't know it. It must get oh, so yeah. tiresome. I know MASH. Luckily, I needn't worry with Annie. Annie, you can... Uh, project yourself into a painting mm-hmm. uh, or just a work of art in general. In some way, you can interact with it in a more vibrant, visceral way than you can in real life. Uh, you're going to end up with one of them. List three, three pieces Paintings. of art that you can interact with in some way. Um, Goya's Saturn eating his child. Um, Why? Because it's just like the first painting that I was ever like in love with. Amazing. And would you go inside it? Um, what it's would you pretty do? horrifying. What would you, how would you engage with it then? Um, well, yeah, I guess I would go inside it. I mean, it's just, it's just so intense. Um, well, you're drawn to it. Yeah, I'm really drawn to it. Um, uh, um, specific paintings i mean like there's a or just like artists or yeah just if there's a sense of like you Um, wish you could pull something out and and engage with it from a piece or or i mean i guess one of francis bacon's paintings basic you know he does that same thing over and over again um and also uh philip gustin he does. I, w- I probably go inside of one of his weird Ku Klux Klan Ooh. like cartoon guy paintings. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and nope, I, that was three. Oh, that's it. Good. Yeah, he ran oh, out. Thank God. I Good. <laughs> okay, got that. Um, all right. How about next one? Is you can. 
well, you know, let's go vacation home. Always curious, always interested. Where's oh, the paintings I second, want to go the second into home? Horrible. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's great. You're an intense woman and I love it. Um, no, we're going super light vacation home, someplace in the world that you have uh, um, that you're a second home. I want to have a home in Paris. Great. And a vacation home in, on some coast in Italy. I'm right? not sure where, maybe. Um, my God, everyone who's done the podcast, we're all going to move en masse to the, a, coast, of the coast of Italy. We're oh going to just God. invade. It'll be so fun. The coast of Italy. My God. Okay. And then. Like, do they know? Does everyone on the coast of Italy know? Everyone says that's my dream place that I would like to have a second I home. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's not even that crowded there. So, Like tourists. I mean, yeah, there's some tourists, but it's not that crazy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's like really the only place I really want to have a vacation. Too bad you have um, to pick one more. But except it's so, so far to go. Oh, I know. Um, upstate New York, like on a lake. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. Um, trying to think of some questions I haven't asked in a while because I feel like I've gotten into a rut of what I become most interested in. I'm trying to make it splashier for the listener. Um, but it's tricky because... There's reasons I think that I get really drawn to certain categories. Um, what about you can... How about some sexy women? I don't know. Oh, like how? Like I feel what? Like, I don't yeah, know. I tell feel me. I have to redeem myself somehow. Like maybe like sexy women actresses that I'd want to like, maybe I could just marry either Great. a sexy marriage or a sexless marriage. It doesn't matter. Great. N- new new uh, partner, new female partner in your yeah. life. It's new p- female partner in life. Okay. I don't know. I haven't even thought about the answers to this. No, but I'm, I just oh, I'm overjoyed. I feel bad that none of my male art, art, artists are all, all men. Um, sexy female. I mean, obviously, I'm so I feel like a bad person for this because I'm not an actress, so I don't know that many. But I like Meryl Streep. Obviously, she would Listen, be like she's amazing. There's um, a reason that everyone loves her. It's really okay. You don't have to be like a lone person who doesn't she's think insane. she's amazing. Um. <clears throat> Oh my God, this is so lame. I really like certain actresses that I just want to like hang out with. And that's not lame. That's like, great. The thing. They're like, I, they're kind of lame actresses. Oh, interesting. They're I'm like, very excited not to hear what good. You're say. Like I, they're not, they're not, not good, but they're in horrible movies. All right. Okay. That's all right. Can I include one? Uh, how about this? Blondes. Okay. Cause I, one of them is a dude that I really like to watch. Great. Great. I have to include him. Great. He's kind of like, I've, it's not, I'm so talk. curious. What are you going to so say? Basically, I have these two blondes that I just like to watch in movies. Uh-huh. And one is um, Reese Witherspoon. I just really like to watch Reese Witherspoon. Listen, She's just so cute. I, I have can't even no problems with that. She's just so cute. And then Owen Wilson. I just like, yeah. I, you know, he makes some really Have they all been movies. in a movie together? Certainly Reese Witherspoon and Owen Wilson have been have in a movie together. Have they been in a movie together? I mean, I guess they yeah, probably they were in. Um, they were in the movie How Do You Know? Uh, okay. that James L. Brooks created. It got panned, but I mm. am a devotee of uh, James L. Brooks. I still think mm. that most of his movies that there aren't that many movies people don't like, but of the ones that people are like, oh, what a disappointment. It's still like better oh, than God, most Faye Dunaway, movies. though. Maybe I should put Faye Dunaway instead Ooh. of uh, Owen, Owen Wilson. Owen, because you got boys represented in the paintings? Yeah. She is She's amazing. Have you seen the original uh, Thomas Crown Affair? I don't I don't know. Maybe I have. With I don't Steve know, McQueen? I <laughs> No, you I have to, to get it. on. I have to see it. I it. loved Faye Dunaway. She's so f- crazy you amazing. You will love this movie. It is so stylish. 
and so stylized in the way that films of that era were. Like it's the first time you start seeing like some of those old like funky psychedelic Audrey Hepburn movies like Funny Face and stuff Mm -hmm. where like the screen breaks and suddenly it's six screens and you're looking at six different things happening at once and then they're they're all like tinted a certain color. Just like experimental stuff like that. But it's also just a very sophisticated, very sexy, fun movie. Thomas Mm -hmm. Crown, original Thomas Crown Affair is so good and the sound is pretty fabulous. Well, now that I thought of Fade Away, I feel like Reese Witherspoon is a real oddball in there, but I do. I have to say, on a day when I'm really sick, I just want to watch some cute Reese. I super understand. Have you seen um, Man in the Moon? Oh God, actually, I hate that movie so much. Well, because it came oh, out when so I was sad. a depressive, miserable, yeah, it is a sad high movie school too. teenager. So, what girl. are we talking about? Like Sweet Home Alabama? Yeah, like I love that. <laughs> Give me that. Any movie where she's just playing somebody totally dumb. Like, I mean, obviously, she Legally Bond, she's not good in playing someone's dumb. She never plays dumb people. Well, Election. Legally- Oh, she's yeah, so like, good. she was really good in that. I mean, she's I she's terrific. good when she's good, but she yeah. does so many like sometimes really dumb movies brainless movies at this point. Sometimes she does some movies that aren't. She great. does some um, bad. I don't movies disagree now. with that. Uh, what about Freeway? Have you seen that? No, I haven't. There's some. I, you know, I'm just holding them up. Wait, there are six. I days. need to write a couple of things down for you. Freeway is a, the basically a kind of a brutal retelling of uh, of uh, Red Ride, Little Red Riding Hood. Mm. with Kiefer Sutherland as the big bad wolf but it's oh all just God. urbanized like he's just a guy you know she's just a, a girl Whoa. who ends up in juvie but the the, the story is definitely That's a little so red crazy. Yeah, it's really interesting I'm sure there's some other person that I'm fascinated with who's who's like in these more respected movies at this point but I can't remember so whatever um three thrill seeking things that you're gonna you're gonna do one of like a, um, like you, as we know, if I were answering this, I would have to say getting into a cage and going yeah. down to the ocean with sharks. Even though, sharks. Oh, I mean, I would like to do that. I would like to get in a okay, shark cage, cage with sharks. Got it. I don't want to do skydiving. I don't want to do bungee jumping. I don't thrill Need. seeking. I'm not a real. Can mean seeker. something different. Like for example, I'm fascinated. Oh, by I want to climb Mount Everest. Great. Yeah, I really want to climb. It's never going to happen, but great. I would love to climb Mount great. Everest. Shark Cage and Everest are great. This third one is just Mount Everest uh, icing on the cake. Um, uh, I mean, I'd like to go to like Antarctica, like and live in like a tent down there. Sure, that I seems guess. thrilly. Antarctic expedition and retrace Shackleton's expedition oh, across the Antarctic. Listen, sounds getting specific and fabulous. Um, okay, great. <clears throat> you have to get around uh, via something that's not a car. Um, a Vespa. Mm-hmm. You can get, by the way, as absurd as you want. Um, a reclining bicycle. And I think it's called a recumbent bicycle. Recumbent. Shout out that to my makes dad. Sense. And a um, one of those roller things that you're on. That Segway? Segway. Great. Yeah. Speaking of segways, I'm sorry. I have to say that every time segways come up because sure they're segway. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. Um, you can. Mm-hmm. You uh, you have a magical power. The power is uh, not unlike the cartoon character that i have you can manipulate some element of the world that could be fire water earth or air but it could also be like language or Mm. um, time or something like that that you sort of have control over can i control approval yes (laughs) absolutely here we go (laughs) no that's so pathetic though can i think of other ones yes okay good um 
I want to control... Um, I'd like to be able to lift up objects. Great. It's really... Like, you know, by my mind. Telekinesis? Telekinesis. Yeah, I really want that. God, I really want that too. I guess I would like to be able to control gravity so I can fly. Great. Great. Is that it? Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, moving on to... You can enhance three... One of these you'll end up with. You can enhance one of your existing five senses. Mm. So three, three of the oh, five in, okay. in, in what way, like, like what way and why? Um, oh God, I really don't want to, I'm so sensitive to the world that I just really hate myself. Fair enough. It's really hard to want to <laughs> enhance I mean, I guess I would do the ones that would annoy me the least because uh-huh. I find my senses. But were you interested in that Radio Lab episode about cult, like the perception of color, like oh, the people yeah. they can see a certain Yeah, no, kind co- of- I guess my eyesight, yeah. That would be the best. I would totally have my eyesight enhanced, although that could still also be very annoying. Um, it's it's enhanced at will. You do, you don't have to be overwhelmed by it. You can you can you're able to control taste. the enhancement. Taste would be fun. nice. That would be a good one. Um, and touch touch is nice. I mean, that, gosh, if you could have that the ext- an ecstasy yeah. feeling. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Great. That was a new category. New category. New category. New category. Um. Uh. Speaking of uh, coming up with another category on the fly, you can invent, uh, you've invented a new holiday. Um, okay. Celebrating what? I don't know. But uh, oh three. Oh my gosh, this is really political. <laughs> doesn't doesn't have to be political at all. It could just be like, I'm celebrating the, what, today is don't wear shoes day. Or today is. I would is, like to, oh God. I was going to, my first thing was like, celebrate how good sex feels day. I mean, hey. Everybody just has sex. Why not? That'd be so fun. And you have sex to celebrate day. it by having sex, except unless you're too young to have sex. Great. You can masturbate. Great. <laughs> well, maybe you don't know about it until you're old enough. Great. Um, Nobody knows with sex day. Uh, you can celebrate. Um, uh, I guess it would be nice to have a day for atheists to Great. celebrate something like how you know to really be like you know we really do we can do it on our own have a special experience of the mystery that is life despite you know oh that's very nice anything. sure i you love know, that mystery of life day for atheists love it um and then um um oh man it's hard not to think of things that are just going to be co-opted by annoying crap oh how about no the uncooptable day like somehow just make oh it that's great holiday that's just about you can't co-opt this holiday wow that's brilliant that's what a fantastic i'm super impressed um okay so just uh tell me when to stop okay stop okay one two three four five okay uh i'm gonna pause this uh, do some tallying when I come back. Okay. I'll reveal your future. Okay. All right. The, I'll, I'll some, buy, yeah. This is very exciting. Annie and I just realized we're going to form a folk band together. This is very, very <laughs> exciting. Uh, okay. Well, I'm very, I'm very excited. Listen, I'm very excited to sing folk with you, but I'm certainly excited about the, the mash results that we've, we've come to, to find here. I really can't talk um, about anything except for folk music. Right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. so excited. I'm sorry. I can just share this with the listener too, and you can kind of be fantasizing about that and not even listening to me. It's fine. Um, all right. First of all, God, I, this is all so good. I, I, I don't know where to start. All right. Listen. 
like many of us, like many of us who have done the podcast, you do have a second home in the coast of Italy. Oh, yeah, on the coast of Italy. Sweet. Now, I warn you, it is a shack. Oh, okay. But you know, you got a ram. It's a little ramshackle, adorable hovel. Oh my god, there's with the, a view the of the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah, I'm really so in a nice. lot of trouble if the if it's not of the Mediterranean. I got to go back to school. Um, we're safe. Uh, so congratulations on that. I feel certain that your new life partner, Meryl Streep, will enjoy mm, that time oh my with god, you. I, I see her. you guys sitting on a, the window seat of your shack, toe to toe, like with your feet sort of touching each other while you each read a book and like oh, you'll like read Mama a Mia. passage out to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Which yep, was really awkward and weird for, sure for me to watch. What I what I meant. <laughs> too bad Reese Witherspoon wasn't in that. Um, yeah, I couldn't actually watch Mamma Mia. It was too weird for me. This is was, was kind of an odd, it was an odd experience. You're right. Um, uh, all the better to enjoy um, your experience of Italy, uh, your enhanced eyesight. So congratulations on that. I want to congratulate you on your ability to go inside of Francis Bacon's work. Oh, great. That sounds fun. Interesting. <laughs> really, actually, he's probably the most horrifying. Yep. Really interesting. <laughs> it's like so good luck horrifying. with that. Maybe you can de-enhance your eyesight so that you've <laughs> numbed, numb it down a little bit. Um, I said also very mm-hmm. enhanced for your experience in the shark cage. Mm. Oh, God. That sounds good. Maybe I'll do it in Amazing. Uh, always good to have great eyesight when you're tooling around on your Segway. Okay. So that's great. And um, I, I, this is amazing. I feel like this is going to come into play with almost everything I just brought up, which is that you do have telekinesis. Oh, so awesome. Yeah. And I don't know how that plays into you creating and celebrating with the rest of the world National Sex Day. <laughs> but I have to imagine that somehow telekinesis plays a part Oh, that would be so cool. I'm sure there's a country where there's a National Sex Day. I mean, there, there probably is. What is it like? Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> Holland. <laughs> Yeah. Um, that concludes our podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much. What a pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Yay. Thank Major you. Major pleasure. Merry Christmas. Happiest of holidays to everyone. We will be taking next week off. Um, I, I hope that you have a great week, uh, whoever you are. And uh, if you don't celebrate Christmas, please know that um, you're still welcome on this podcast. I don't celebrate it for Christ, but I do celebrate it for the bright and colorful lights. Um, I will uh, talk to you guys soon. And um, Annie, anything that you need to close with? No. Um, if I said something weird about somebody who's listening to this, I'm sorry. I'll take your complaints via yeah. telegraph. Uh, all right, happy holidays, everybody. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by The Amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.